Well, what's going on, Bridge Goldsboro? So, <laughs> I love it. What's up? I think that was actually sup. That wasn't what's up. Um, I try to say that to my kids sometimes, and they look at me like I'm old. Do y'all think I'm old? I don't think so. Yes, okay, great. I think that was the same guy that said sup. So, at least I have one person's attention today. I'm so glad to be here with you today. It is the last day of 2017, and I don't know where the year went, but it went, didn't it? I hope all of you had a great Christmas. Let me ask you this question really fast. Did you get something that you wanted? All right, now let me ask you this question. How many of you returned something? Don't, don't, don't raise your hand, especially if the person's right next to you. How many of you re-gifted? A couple, like somebody just literally went, See, the thing about re-gifting is even whenever you're wrapping it up in your privacy of your own home, you still have this, like, weird sensation that the person that gave it to you is watching, you know? And you just pray to God that they're not at the same party that you're going to. You know what I'm talking about? Man, so hopefully you got something that you wanted. How many of you, and this is probably the bigger question, how many of you gave something that somebody else wanted? Yeah, a couple hands going up, little mm mm-hmm's. That's probably the, 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 the better question. Um, this past weekend, let's just celebrate for a minute. Be, because of your faithfulness to invite someone to church, we had over 300 people here at the Bridge Goldsboro between our two services that were able to hear the good news and the gospel message of Jesus Christ. So can you just give yourself a hand for doing that last weekend? Yeah. And that's a good thing. So as, as 2017 closes, literally today is the last day, and as we go into 2018, there is a lot of questions maybe that we're asking ourselves, but I think the, the, the biggest question and the question that I want you to think about today uh, as I talk to you for a little bit is whose life is going to be different this coming year because of you? Whose life is going to be different? Maybe a better way to ask that is whose life is going to be better because of you? Think about that for a minute. Sounds like a huge question, doesn't it? But I, I think it's one that's worth asking. And typically, we don't think about that particular question sometimes until it's too late. How many of you, you know, you have grown kids, and they've kind of moved out, and you start asking the question then? Sometimes we, we, can, we can wait till then to begin asking the question, how can I make the lives of my children better? Sometimes it's, it's when the marriage has been weathered and maybe you wish you could go back and fix some things and, and we start asking ourselves the question kind of a little later maybe than we should have. But, but what if, let me just propose this to you, what if before 2018 began, what if right now we started asking that question right now, whose life is going to be better this year because of something that I do or because of who I am? What can I do this year to make a difference? Not only in my life, because I believe that's important, but what can I do to make sure that the lives of those who I have influence in this year are better? That's, that's an important question. So when we get to the end of 2018, we all want to be able to say, I'm a better person. Wouldn't you say that? There was a story of a guy who went to his 10-year high school reunion. And maybe you went to your 10-year high school reunion, had a similar experience. But he went to his 10-year high school reunion, and he saw somebody that he hasn't seen in 10 years. And his first reaction was, after he had talked to him a little bit, man, this guy hadn't changed a bit. And he wasn't talking about looks. He was talking about this guy's maturity and, and his emotional uh, lack. And he, 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 he said, this guy's still dealing with some of the same issues that he was 10 years ago, still dealing with the same hang-ups. Emotionally, it was like he was in this holding pattern. And it was, like, it was like no time had gone by. He was in the same place. 
except for his hair fell out. He looked a little bit different in that way. But he, he, he was basically the same person. And it, it occurred to me when I was listening to this story, I was like, man, the, the biggest regret for a person has to be looking back over the course of a year, in this case, 10 years, and saying, I'm more or less the same person I was a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. I'm, I'm, I'm the same person. I haven't grown at all. I'm, I'm still dealing with the same struggles. I haven't grown in my relationship with God. I'm, I, I don't know much more than I did a year ago. That's got to be the biggest regret. And we hear stories like that, and we're all thinking the same thing. I don't want that to be me. The fact is, is that when we get to the end of 2018, we all want to be able to say, I've, I've come a long way, don't we? We want to be able to say, you know what, I'm, I'm a better person than I was in January. We want to say, I've learned lessons that I was supposed to learn. We want to look back and be able to say, I know how to avoid some of the mistakes that I was making uh, at the beginning of this year. Not only that, but we want to be able to go through it and say, man, I'm, I'm equipped to be able to help somebody else go through some of the same things that I went through because I came through those things and learned. Would you agree that? Where's that guy that said sup? Did you agree to that? But we would. So what, what does that take doing? That takes doing one thing this year, growing. It takes growing. Not only does growing make you better, but it makes everybody around you better. Maybe you've heard the old cliche, a rising tide raises all ships. Growth in you makes everybody around you and everybody you love and have influence in better. Next week, we're going to start a new series. I'm, I'm pretty pumped about it. It's called The Ripple Effect, and it's a series about priorities, and it's about, it's about when you order your priorities right, they can take you from chaos to an ordered and purposeful life. Today, we're going to talk about step one in that, and that's understanding the one decision that you can make this year to ensure that your growth as a person adds value to your life and to the lives of everybody you know. And here's the decision I'm talking about, growing in your relationship with God. There's so many things that I could tell you to grow in, and, and, and you would all say, yeah, that's, that's pretty good. I, I could tell you to grow physically. We could talk about, you know, how, how to get physically fit. We, we could talk about how to grow financially. We could talk about how to be good stewards of your finances and be better that way. I could talk about morally. I could talk about relationships and how we can do better at that. Really, the sky's the limit when it comes to how we can get better. But the one decision that affects every single one of those is your relationship with God. That's why he said, if you seek me first, everything else will be added to you. That's, that, that was Jesus that said that. So when we grow in our relationship with God, we become the person that gives health to every other area in our lives and every relationship that we have. So that's, that's what I want to talk to you about today, how to grow in your relationship with God in 2018. This is what I've learned about relationships, is they don't happen by accident. Would you agree to that? I remember as a kid... I used to ask my mom for things, and she used to do them for me. I have two brothers and a sister. We would ask her for things, and, and she would do them. And she didn't do them just because we asked, but she did them because she loved us. And she desired a relationship with her kids, just like every parent aspires to have. But I can remember one specific time, we were just asking things every five minutes, uh, and she felt a little used by, by me and my brothers and needing something all the time. And I remember her looking at us and saying, do I look like a genie? And she was like waiting for us to just get this perspective and go, you know what, you do so much for us. But all we could think of was, wow, it would be really cool if mom was a genie. 
We, we, she was not amused uh, like, like you are. She, she was, you know, did you hear what I just said? The fact is, is that God wants a relationship with us, but it doesn't happen on accident because oftentimes we look at him as a genie. We say, God, I'm going to come to you, you know, when I need something, but until then, stay in your lamp. Kind of stay, let, let me do this, but if I need you, I'll call you. And listen, you have to understand that God, he already wants to do good things for you. It's true. Psalm 37 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. That's what he says. James chapter 1, it describes God as the giver of every good and perfect gift. He, he already wants to give you good things. He already wants to meet your needs this year. He, he already, th- those things that you don't know how you're going to get through it, and maybe you know the things that, that are getting ready to come up, maybe you're uncertain, he already has the plan in place to get you through. He already wants to give you good things. But just like my mother meeting our needs because she loves us and wants a relationship with us. God wants to meet your need, not because he's a genie and has the ability. He wants to meet your needs because he wants to be an, an, an outpouring and an overflow of a relationship that he has with you. We, we already know that gifts without love is cheap, don't we? I mean, if you got something this year, or had how many of you just you felt like you had to give somebody something this year at work, and you're like, man, everybody's doing it. I'm going to feel left out, and you just kind of go do it. You kind of, you know, you kind of do the cheapest you can, but at the same time, you don't want to be too cheap, and so you, this whole thought process goes, you really don't care. Is that how we want God to give to us? No, we want a relationship with God. That's what He wants, and it's not only about what God can give us, but it's about Him and us. It's about what. Not just what he can do, but it's about who he is and how he relates to you. Relationships don't happen by accident. And so there's three ways that you can ensure that you are having a developing, ongoing relationship with God this coming year in 2018 to add value to your life and to add value to every relationship that you have. Three ways. Everybody say three ways. Come on. That was like really bad. Three ways. Come on. All right. Number one. Here we go. The first way is this, continue the God journey. Now, that might sound simple enough, but relationships stop when the journeying ceases. Think about the friend that you had in high school that you haven't seen since high school. The relationship kind of quit whenever you stopped talking with them. Or you think about the friend that moved away, and you haven't seen, you haven't talked to them. you, You remember all the stuff from way back then, but nothing continued from the time they left. We have to continue the God journey. Don't stop journeying with God in 2018. Uh, Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7 says this. He encourages us. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, what's the next word? (laughs) Seriously, nobody? Continue. He says, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him. This says there's something else that happens after you you decide that you're going to follow Jesus with your life. After you decide that I'm going, to, I'm going to, to be a Christian and be a God follower, a follower of Jesus, so there's something that happens after that, and this is what it is. We keep going. We don't stop. A lot, a lot of times it's real easy to make that decision to follow Jesus, and then we just kind of make our Christian life about coming to church services. And we kind of, make, we kind of stop right there at the conversion experience, right there at the cross. And we don't even realize sometimes that the cross wasn't meant for us to stop and camp out there. It's a beautiful place, a place of restoration, a place of grace, a place where we understand that we've been made clean by a God who loves us. But the cross was meant, you, meant to connect you to something. And that was a life in, in God, a life in Jesus that is ever growing and ever moving forward. Verse 7 tells us how to continue in him. He says, being rooted 
and built up and strengthened in him. Nobody ever stopped the building after the first floor. If a 30-story building is supposed to be 30 stories, they don't stop at floor one and then half of two. They keep going until the thing is complete. There is growth after our conversion experience that God, he longs to pour into our lives. And I just have a great feeling and a knowing that he wants to do things in you and through you in 2018. So so don't stop. Continue the God journey. If, If we live for Jesus, then that means we've accepted his call into our lives, haven't we? We've accepted it, and, and that means we've accepted the Holy Spirit's role to lead us. And that means letting go of our own way of doing things and letting him have control. Come on, I'm talking deep for a minute, but I need, I need you to hear this. Why should we let God have control? Is it because he's so controlling and it's because he just wants to lord over us? No, if we're honest with ourselves, it's because our way of doing things stinks. <laughs> and if that wasn't true, we wouldn't have gone to him in the first place, would we? You know, when God gets a hold of our lives and whenever we ask him to come into our lives, we're asking him to lead us. And God has a plan for your life. He's got a plan for every season that you're in. No matter where you're at, he wants to lead you right where you are. But sometimes we get stuck because we stop the God journey. We kind of, we stop moving forward in him. And one of the biggest ways we get stuck is, is, is we do this. And I'm just going to tell you a little, little phrase that I've kind of uh, kind of come to know. It's, it's that we live today off of yesterday's knowledge. As a Christian, God's going to speak things into your life. Have you ever been reading your Bible or you ever had a time where God just spoke something into you and it was so profound? Or maybe he just, you just felt the, the, the relationship with you and him kind of growing? And then maybe sometimes, if we're not careful, we can just kind of live today off of that feeling that we had back then, off of yesterday, and off of last week, off of a month, maybe even a year. And, and so we live today off remembering what he did back then in us, and we fail to remember that God, he wants to do things in us today. He, he wants to speak things into our lives today. I hear people tell me sometimes, you know, God doesn't speak to me. And I'm like, you know, I just I find that hard to believe that God is incapable of speaking to his kids that he loves so much. Romans chapter 11 says that he has more wisdom than we can even begin to fathom, than we can even begin to, to even trace out his, his ways. That's how weighty, that's how deep his knowledge is. James chapter 1 says if you lack wisdom, then seek, seek it. It said, and he'll give it to you. Proverbs describes wisdom from God like, like treasure that we could be seeking better than any other thing. And if that's the case, if he, if he has more knowledge and, and, and he tells us to seek it, then why would he withhold it from us? I mean, it's not like God runs out of things to say. You know what I mean? This is what I've come to realize. It's not a matter of God speaking. It's a matter of us seeking him. It's not a matter of God whether he wants to talk to you or not. I think it's more a matter of us positioning ourselves in our lives and seeking him in such a way that we hear him and that we listen. So continue the God journey. That's point number one. And I, I, I just kind of want to end this point by, by letting you watch a little video because sometimes if we're not careful, we can look like this when it comes to our growth in God. Eric, do you like your Sunday school class? Do I like my Sunday school class? Absolutely. I feel like it's a perfect fit for who I am and where I'm at with God. I feel like I can really excel in this group. I tried other classes at church, but I don't know. They just weren't really for me. It's, it's hard to get out of bed and drive all the way down to church if you're not getting anything out of the class in the first place. But this one it just really gels with my personal learning style. I feel like Mrs. Evans gets it, you know. She really understands how to teach to me. 
I think she's pretty impressed with my Bible knowledge, too. Who built the ark? Noah? Was it Noah? Yes, it was Noah. <laughs> I knew it. Where were you guys at? I know what people say, but no, it's not just the snacks and the songs that make it a better Sunday school class. I just, I, I feel like I really connect with the other students here, too. So who do you like better, Spider-Man or Batman? Spider-Man. I just got the new Spider-Man shoes the other day. They're really fast. And Mrs. Evans, she just makes the word come alive with all those big pictures and take-home papers. and it, She just really brings it down to my level. Jesus! It was Jesus. Jesus said that. <laughs> yes! Oh, yeah. Of course Sunday school is important. As long as it's not too difficult and you feel comfortable in it. I mean, I've been in Mrs. Evans' Sunday school class 15 years now. I'm not going anywhere. Yo, teach! I get another one of these. How many of you think that he could do a lot better in a class that's suited for his age? And that's, that's not meant to offend anybody in the room today. I'm just saying it's very easy for us sometimes to get stuck in one place, completely missing the fact that God could do so much more and wants to do so much more in our lives if we would just continue the God journey. So continue the God journey. And it's, as we do, it's important to do this. Number two, everybody say number two. Number two is this, keep in step with the guide. On your God journey, keep in step with the guide. Galatians chapter 5, verse 25 the Bible says this. It says that since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us keep in step with the Spirit. Did you know that God has a pace for your life? He, he's got a certain pace, a growth pace that he wants to put in your life and lead you by. Um, there are certain places that he wants you to end up in, in your life, certain character traits that he wants you to have, certain time frames for your life, certain seasons to begin and end. And he wants you to grow in this way in order for his to, him to do work in your life within a specific season and bless you. And sometimes we miss that because we don't keep the pace that God has for our lives. Um, but he says, keep in step. The, the original language that the Bible was written in right here, it was, was Greek, and it's, the context of this means to keep in step like you would military ranks. Have you ever seen professional uh, marchers, professional military guys, when they're marching and how beautiful it is? How beautiful it is when everyone keeps the pace. Um, and in that same way, your life will end up perfectly in the will of God. It ends up perfectly and beautifully, I would even say masterfully, um, in God's will when you keep the pace that God has for you. And sometimes that, that feels like, just hearing me say that, that feels like a burden to some of us because we're like, you know what? I kind of like the pace of my own. That sounds like a burden to kind of keep up with God. Let me tell you something. God never drags you with a chain and that's, that's the pace for your life is something that you can't keep up with. The pace that God has for you is uniquely designed for you. And it's, it's not too fast. It's not too slow. It's just right. Yes, he will challenge you sometimes and yes, he will move you along, but it's meant to bless you. It's meant to be for you. And so you don't have to keep up with the pace that God has for the person sitting next to you. You don't have to go as slow as the person, you know, maybe as me. I don't know. You don't have to go as slow as me or as fast as your mama. 
or your daddy or your grandma who just is the best Christian in the world. You have to go the pace God has for you. And he says, keep in step with the Spirit. Keep in step with, with the guide. Did you know that it's impossible to be in the will of God whenever you're not growing in this way? He says, keep in step with the Spirit. Keep in step with the Spirit of God. That means it's a pace that he has set. And when we keep the pace that God has for us, we end up exactly where we're supposed to be at exactly the right time. If you think about a race car driver, pace is important, isn't it? And the whole outcome is affected by the pace of the race. And God has a specific pace that he's planned for you. The, the Bible says in Romans that, that at just the right time, in the, in the fullness of time, he sent Jesus. That means he planned something that he had already accomplished to kind of at just the right time, he inserted Christ into what we call time. He, he, has, he planned that. If he planned that so long ago to save you, to save your soul, then you know that he planned specifically and purposefully the pace he has for your life. He carefully did that. And, and sometimes if we're not careful and we're not keeping the pace that, that God has for us, if we're not letting, uh, keeping up with the guide, sometimes we, we can try and go too fast or too slow. Sometimes we try to go too fast because we see other people that we look up to and we want to be like them. You ever, you ever do that? You think of, you see someone and, man, their, their relationship with God is just so awesome. They just seem like them and God, you know, God has a seat at their table and he shows up every night and their kids all walk around wearing halos and, you know, and you know, I, I just wish I could be like them. And so instead of trying to be, you know, instead of looking up to them and, and just admiring them, that, that's okay to do. We get inspiration from people like that. Sometimes we try to be them. We, instead of keeping the pace that God has for us, we try to kind of push ourselves a little too far and be like them. And the fact is, is that they didn't get there overnight. If you see somebody who is blessed, if you see somebody who has the character of God, who is moving forward in Christ, then you better bet your bottom dollar than, that they've been through a season of growth. And that growth hurt. I can promise you that. And sometimes we try to take their end result without ever having the journey that they've been on. And we try to push too fast. The fact is, is that God has a specific pace for you. And he loves right where you're at. And he can lead you right where, right where you're at. In, in the Old Testament, there was a man named David. And by the time we, we see David, he was, a, he was a boy. And he eventually became king. But he was anointed to be king as a boy. And can you imagine being a, a boy and being anointed to be king? And I'm sure he was probably thinking, man, about the time I turn 15, 16 years old, I'm, I'm going to be ready to, to take this thing. And I'm, I'm sure as time went on, he was ready to take the throne because he already knew what God had called him to do. Yet his current status was herding his father's sheep on the backside of nowhere where nobody knew his name. Can you imagine doing that? But he was diligent with the pace that God had for him. He, year after year, when we read the story, we see where, where God excelled him and gave him favor. And year after year, he learned lessons that he could have only learned by keeping the pace that God had for him and, and ending up exactly where he was supposed to be because God was leading the way. And the story is amazing, blessing after blessing, year after year. And he ends up becoming one of the most powerful kings, if not the most powerful kings, that Israel has ever had. Definitely the most influential. If you will keep in step with the guide that God has specifically for your life on this journey, then God will ensure you become exactly who you're supposed to be, exactly at the right time. Sometimes we try to go too slow with the pace, and we don't keep up with the guide because things get hard. And so what we do is we retreat because it's easy. And we say, you know what, I don't know about this. I don't, this is too difficult for me. I don't know about the whole God thing. 
if God was really with me, then and we try to fill in the blank. So the third thing we have to do, this is my last point, as we grow in our relationship with God intentionally this year, is don't skip the hard parts. Because this God journey you're on, it includes difficult times. Did you know that we have the potential to grow the most whenever we're facing difficult times? I never learned math one time by watching my teacher do it from my desk on the board. Did you? I watched her do it, and it was comfortable, and, and she, it made sense, everything she was doing, the steps. But it wasn't until I got the piece of paper in front of me, and, and I got my pencil out, and I, and I do the step, and I was like, wait, what? And then my brain started hurting, and it started frying a little bit, and then I might have needed some help, and then I had to do homework, and it was hard. And then eventually, by the time Friday came and the test was there, if I had kept the pace and did the work I was supposed to do, I became decent at math. I never learned how to do it just by being comfortable. In the same way in our lives, you know, it's, it's the difficult times that we have the most opportunity to learn and grow. Don't skip the hard parts. If you think about your muscles, you know, in order for them to grow, you have to work them out. Anybody lift weights in here? You know that it hurts the next day, doesn't it? It hurts bad. I remember in 10th grade, I didn't know about, about how muscles hurt the next day, and I took a weightlifting class, and me and my buddies, we really didn't know a whole lot, but we wanted, we wanted some big muscles, so about that, by the time prom got here, you know, we'd be pretty impressive. Lo and behold, we were not impressive. <laughs> we, and, and I remember the, the one specific day after working out, we had worked out legs, and we did squats, and we didn't realize that as we were doing that, we were working our backside muscles too, you know what I mean? And we're doing our lap after we work out the next day, and, and my friend's real confused, and all of a sudden, he just breaks the silence, and he said, my butt hurts. <laughs> and I thought I was the only one. I was like, mine too. That wasn't on the workout chart. We, we didn't know. Our muscles only grew when pain was involved. We, we didn't realize that. And it's, it's kind of the same thing in our personal growth with God. Listen, James chapter 1, he says this. He says, dear brothers and sisters, he's talking to the believers here. He says, when trouble comes your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Now, we just kind of were lost right there because when trouble comes our way, we don't normally consider it an opportunity for great joy. Let's, let's follow along. What, what does he mean by that? He says, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. We, we don't get that by easy time. We don't get that by coasting. We don't get that by, oh, God, if you can just bring me the easy. And if it's, if it's easy, if it feels good, then it must be you. If it feels bad, if it's painful, then it must be Satan. And that's the trap we can get in. And, and we don't even realize that if we, are, we have given our lives to God, if we're saying, God, I want you to lead my life, and our life is in his hands, then whatever comes, good, bad, if it seems like joyful or if it seems like pain, then it's God bringing it into our life for a purpose to make us better, to grow us. And we have to understand that when those times come, that's when we have the opportunity to grow the most. So don't skip the hard parts. Because God says in 2018, there might be some difficult times coming, but if you'll stick with it, if you'll hang in there, if you'll push through with his help, because you can't do it alone, he says then at the end of, of that season, you'll be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Think about relationships that you have. Did you know that it's sometimes the relationships that have been through the most difficult times that are the most solid? It's the, it's the relationships that have, have weathered the storms, and they've stuck it out. And, and they look at each other, and they're like, man, 
I think we have the most meaningful relationship on the planet. You know what I'm saying? Why? Because It's not because everything was easy. It's not because when it got hard, we decided to bail. It's because when it was hard, we dug in a little bit deeper. When it was hard, we said, you know what? I'm not going to jump. I'm not going to skip the hard parts. Think about your best friend, whoever that is. I'd be willing to bet that it's probably somebody that you've been around the block with a few times. I'd be willing to bet that whoever your best friend, your closest friend, the one that you know is going to be there no matter what, I'd be willing to bet there's history there that's painful and joyful all mixed into one, and that's probably one of the biggest reasons why you're so solid as friends. I, I just have to know that. So why would God want to skip out on one of the, 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 the most meaningful things that, that can happen in your relationship with him as your relationship grows? He knows it's the hard He knows it's the difficult times. Listen, he knows it's the hard times that's going to bring you closer to him. That has the potential to. So why would he skip out on that when he, when he wants the, the relationship with, with you and him to deepen? Why would he skip out? Why would he leave then? It can be very difficult when the things and the people in this life, when they're ripped away from us. It can be hard. And, and those are probably the most difficult times. And, and our first prayer you know, is typically not, God, how can I draw closer to you during this? It's, it's difficult because our, our first prayer is typically this, God, restore to me what was lost. Man, when, when, when life is, is at its most difficult place, our first, our first reaction is, God, help me out of this. Get me out of here. And sometimes I just got to say, God says, I don't want to take it away from you. I want to walk with you through it. I want to be there for you. I, I, I want to experience this with you. So don't skip the hard parts. You might be facing some things right now that are just more than you, you can bear, and you've been praying, God, get me out of this. What God may be saying to you is, invite me into it. Because just like a marriage, just like best friends, it's always it's the difficult time sometimes that, that draws you closer together so that when you get on the other side of it, you can look back and say, man, you were there with me. You look at your spouse and say, babe, we made it. We're here. Could have ripped us apart back there, but it didn't. We're here. We made it, and we're more solid because of it. And God, is, he, he, he says the same thing to you. I don't necessarily want to take it away. I want to walk with you through it. I want to deepen my relationship with you. So don't miss that. Don't skip the hard parts. Eventually, you're going to get out of there. You're going to get out of the difficult times. If God has a pace for your life, if you keep up with the guide, just like that season started, it has an end, too. And just like David, that king I told you about who went through some ex extremely difficult times, this is what he said in Psalm 16, verse 11. He stuck with God, and he was able to say this, God, you have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. That is somebody who made it through because they stuck it out. They stuck with God. They said, I don't want to skip the hard parts. I don't want to run the other way. I don't want to stop the God journey just because things get difficult. He endured it. He said, I can't do it by myself. If you read the Psalms, it's just full of, of times where he just cried out to God. He invited God into it. And he's able to say, God, you proved yourself. You, you really do make known to me a path that is life. And I know from experience, God, that you're going to fill me with joy in your presence. So as we go into this new year, I want you to ask yourself the question, how is my life going to make a difference? How, how, how is it going to be better for me? How is it going to be better for everyone around me, my kids, my husband, my wife, the, the lives of the people that God wants to use me to reach? Let me tell you, it's always going to begin with your choice to grow in relationship with God.
So three things real quick. Continue your journey in him. Don't stop. Even if it gets hard, don't stop. Secondly, keep in step with the guide. He has a pace for your life. It may be a little slower than you like, but I promise you if you stick it out, it's going to turn into something really good. Keep in step with the guide. And thirdly, don't skip the hard parts because that's what makes the relationship something. And you can start that journey right now. Maybe you're here today and you thought, you know what, I've never, I've never decided to start that journey. Oh, you might think you're here on accident. You might think you're here just because someone invited you or it's happenstance. I'm here to tell you that you're here on purpose. If nothing else, then to hear me say that God loves you and he wants to start a relationship with you and start a journey with you today. That's going to make the biggest difference in your life. In just a minute, I'm going to pray. Can we just kind of stand together? Because this is what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to pray and just talk to God. But here's the thing. God's not just hearing me. He's hearing your heart too. This is not just your pastor on a platform praying and, and everyone here just kind of being quiet. He wants to hear from your heart. So everybody in the room, I just want you to kind of just clear your mind and just focus your heart on God and say, in 2018, I want to continue with you. I want to keep in step with you. And I don't want to miss the hard parts because I know that's the, that's the chance I have to deepen my relationship with you, understanding that when I make those decisions, then I'm, I'm better for me and I'm better for everyone else around me. And if you've never decided to take that journey and you want to do it today, I'm, as I pray, just, just agree in your heart and God hears you. Let's pray together. Lord, it's an honor to come to you and, and to be called your sons and daughters. It's an honor to come to you and know that we were created by you. We were created by you to be loved and to love you and to have a relationship with you. I just pray the, the knowledge and the wisdom of that just begin to overflow our hearts right now. No matter where we're at, what stage of life we're in, it doesn't matter. The fact is, is that we're all created by you, made to be loved and to love you. And Lord, this year, we, we want to make a decision, Lord, to go forward in you. Maybe some of us have kind of gotten stagnant and kind of drifted away from you. Lord, you hear their heart right now. God, we want to make a commitment to, 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 to stand our ground, to go forward with you, to continue in you, to keep in step with you, God, and not run away from the difficult times, but to invite you into them. Make us better, Lord. We would make that decision now before the year even starts. Lord, if there's, if there's people in here that, and, and you know their lives, you know their hearts, you love them so much that, that today they want to make a decision to follow you. Lord, we just admit right now that we can't live without you. Your word describes you as a God that gives us our very next breath. We are utterly dependent upon you. Lord, we, we can't save ourselves. We can't fix our own lives. If we could, we would have done it already. Lord, the fact is, is that we were born into a sin nature. We don't deserve heaven. Nothing we can do can deserve it. But you loved us so much that you sent your son to make a sacrifice for us. The Bible says the, the penalty of sin, our sin nature, was death. And you came to die for us. We believe that you really died for us. We believe that you really rose again, demonstrating your power over life and death. And we know that, that we have that life with you. We're not perfect, but we just believe in you. We believe what you said. We believe you are who you said you were. We're not perfect, so we, but we want to wake up every day, God, and aim our hearts at you and live for you the very best we can and knowing that you're going to fill in the gaps as you lead us. Thank you for being with me. Thank you for walking with me. And when I walk out of this room today, I may not feel different, but I believe I am different in my heart. And I thank you for giving me the opportunity to be your son, to be your daughter, and to be changed by you. Help me live for you in Jesus' name. Can we say amen together?